Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for August 28, 2022. Please join in our call to worship. God, you are a God of invitation. You invited Abraham to follow you. You invited the disciples to drop their nets. You invited the children to draw near. You invited Peter to walk on water. You invited the tax collector to dinner. You invited the Samaritan woman into eternal life. Just the same, you invite us to live lives of faith. Give us the strength to say yes. Let us worship good and holy God. God of the wind and sea, you invite us to be brave, but we are more familiar with fear. You invite us to trust you, but we'd rather trust wind and gravity. Forgive us for our doubt and fear. We believe despite our unbelief. Amen.
today is from Bunmi Laditan from her book, Dear God, Honest Prayers to a God Who Listens. Let us pray. Dear God, faith is such a short, gentle word to describe what is a warm, thick cloak that when wrapped in takes the sting out of the harshest winds of change. It's a glittering shield to protect against the attacks of doubt and how things look through human eyes. It's a machete to chop through dense jungle, hacking at ropey vines as we walk unexplored lands. 
It gives us the strength to love when a lesser action would suffice. Faith is a way of being, yes, but it's also a choice you lead me to make, sometimes daily, but more often, moment by shaking breath moment. Thank you for the gift of faith. Love me. We are continuing our Unraveled series with a story about Peter sinking in the water, unraveled by fear and uncertainty. The best take I found on this was from Nadia Boltz-Weber, so I will share her sermon this morning. Sometimes it helps to listen to someone else's thought to help clarify our own. Her sermon is entitled, Jesus Walking on the Water, a Sermon Sarcastic and Serious, and it was first preached on August 4, 2011, by Nadia Boltz-Weber. It has been adapted to suit our purposes. Romans 10, 8-15 But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all have obeyed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Matthew 14, 22-33 Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. 
But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. It's Jesus Walking on the Water Sunday here at House for All Sinners and Saints, and we thought maybe during open space we should have a kiddie pool set up in the back so you could all test your faith. You know, go ahead and give it the old Christian try. That's how I've always heard this story preached. It's like the little engine who could have. As a matter of fact, here is a one-minute version of the sermon I just don't have the stomach to preach to you. It might sound familiar. The disciples are in a little boat battered by waves. They see Jesus walking toward them, and for a moment, Peter is a hero. He steps out of the boat and has sufficient faith to walk on water. He actually does it. Peter musters up what it takes to be godlike and what it takes is faith. Lots and lots of faith. Because with enough faith, you can walk on water all the way to Jesus. If you had enough faith, you could do it too. And maybe even better than Peter. Because Peter's only mistake was that he took his eyes off Jesus and that's why he sunk. So the moral of the story, and of course every Bible story is about how to be moral, so the how to be moral of this story is that if you in your life are not godlike in your ability to financially prosper or overcome all your failings as a human, or defy the forces of nature and walk on water, then the problem is that you don't have enough faith, and you should really muster up some more, because the thing is, it's all up to you to make your way to Jesus. So don't be afraid. Get out of the boat, but be better at it than St. Peter, and don't take your eyes off of Jesus. You can do it if you really try. End of sermon, and good luck with that. Okay, this is a cynical view even for me, but it's honest. Yet I know that having a preacher tell me that the solution to my problems is to just try and have more faith so I can make my way to Jesus never sounds like good news to me. It reminds me of the Simpsons episode where square-jawed newscaster Ken Brockman made a set of motivational tapes called Get Confident, Stupid! In the end, I just don't know how helpful it is to say, Get Faith, Sinner! It doesn't work. But the weird thing is, here you all are, gathered again around the story of the man who walks on water. I think we are here because at some point we heard the story, and the story claimed us. At some point, someone told you the story about this God who created the universe, who spoke through prophets, who came to us in Jesus, who ate with sinners and scoffed at the powerful, who suffered and died and rose again and calls us out of our own graves to new life. And here's the thing about stories. They tell us who we are. 
Sometimes a story can tell us what to do, but when we hear who we are, then we know what to do. And God's story found in the Bible does this more than any other story can. And I guess this particular story of Jesus walking on water can be reduced to a moral about having more faith. But like so much of the Bible, it can also be a way to see who we are and see who God is for us. See if you recognize yourself in this story, because maybe some of us are like the ones in the boat who are afraid. Maybe you are so caught up in the fear of making the wrong decision that you can't make any decision at all. Or maybe you are like the one experiencing the thrill of stepping into the unknown, a new relationship or a new job, or you've just moved, leaving behind the familiar. And maybe the first few steps are okay, but then it gets scary. Or maybe you are the one who is sinking in debt or depression, or maybe you feel like you're sinking because what you could handle last month you just can't handle now. Or maybe you're the one who knows you're doomed, knows that all your own efforts have failed, and you are crying out to God to save you. And you're the ones who Jesus has reached down to catch, and you're clinging on to the sweet hand of Jesus with all you've got. Or maybe you're the one in the boat looking in wonder all you've just seen. You're the one who bears witness to the miracle and danger of it all, and how the hand of God reaches down and pulls us up, and you see it and can't help but say, truly, this is God. At some point or other, I know I have been all of the above. Yet a lot of what I've heard in the church, both with this story and with so many others, is not who I am, but who I should be. I should be the one with enough faith to walk on water. I should be the one whose eyes are always on Jesus. I should be the one who makes my way to Jesus. But all these characters in the walking on water story, the cautious ones in the boat, the brave one who walked for a time on water, the same one who is afraid and sinks and calls for help, and the ones who saw it all and confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, they are all actually equal in their relationship to God, because all of these and you have one thing in common— they are those whom Jesus draws near, saying, It is I. Do not be afraid. The glamorous part of this story is that Peter walked on water, which I admit is pretty cool. And maybe he almost had enough faith to make his way to Jesus. But what happens on the other side of that short little water walk? Jesus comes toward him. In the storm, Jesus is walking toward the boat, and when Peter sinks, Jesus is reaching toward Peter. Then he comes so much more toward them, all that finally he just gets in the boat. That's about as with them as he can be. Yet we seem to always focus on Peter walking toward Jesus when the whole story is about how much Jesus walks toward them reaches toward them, and then even gets in the boat with them.
We might see the moral of the story as, you should have so much faith that you can walk on the water toward Jesus. But the truth of this story is that Jesus walks toward us. The truth of the story is that my abundance of faith or lack of faith does not deter God from drawing close. That even if you are scared to death, you can say, Lord, save me, and the hand of God will find you in even the darkest waters. Because this is a story not of morals, but of movement. Not of heroes of the faith making their way to Christ, but of Christ drawing near to you in the midst of fear. As our reading from Romans says, the word of God is near to you, on your hearts and in your lips. And for us today, I would say the word of God that was made flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus the Christ draws near to you. He is written on your hearts and is proclaimed from your lips. He walks toward you saying, It is I, do not be afraid. And God reaches down when you call his name. And as Paul wrote to the Romans, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But, he writes, How are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So, there is actually a basin in the back filled with water and scented oil. I invite you not to try and walk on it, but to dip your feet in as a blessing. Feel the cool of the calm waters and know that yours are the beautiful feet of they who have been sent to tell the story of who you are and who God is. And you tell the story of God so that you and others might call out, Lord, save us, as we continually die and rise in the waters of our baptism. Do not be afraid, for that is your beautiful story. Let us pray. O God, remind us that we do not rely on ourselves, but on your great mercy and love. Help us to call out to you and to bear the good news of your salvation to others. Amen.
beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. Go and bear the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are in need. Amen.